Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Finally, on the 15th of September, this long, incredible summer of international cricket has come to an end. And it was another brilliant and dramatic day. England thought the match was in the bag when Steve Smith departed for 23. But Matthew Wade had other ideas. The Aussie left-hander played a quite brilliant innings, hitting 117. And at one point, the crowd here at the Oval might have been getting just a bit nervy. But England held their nerve took the remaining wickets and leveled the series. Australia have retained the urn, but the Ashes series finishes 2-2. Hello and welcome to this final Wisden Ashes Daily Show. I'm Taha Hashim and I'm joined by Phil Walker, Editor-in-Chief of Wisden Cricket Monthly. We're going to talk a bit about this match, but really it's time to reflect on this doozy of a summer and even hand out a few awards. <laughs> Phil, how was, how was the day to, to, to finish things off? Um, I... I, I was kind of nicely uh, unflustered by the whole day. It didn't begin to bring that kind of jeopardy and drama that the rest of the series has offered. And it was quite a conventional finish, I thought, really. England, England did what they had to do. I thought they bowled pretty well. They caught their catches in the main. Uh, Australia were done after an hour or so, really. You know, 30 for two and then 60 for three. And then dramatically, extraordinarily... Uh, Steve Smith bummed out for 23. I mean, the bloke's got to take a long, hard look at himself. Uh, so the game was done as a contest by, by lunchtime, or just, just after lunch, I felt. And despite um, Matt Wade's brilliance, and I think he does deserve a nod, uh, he chanced his arm. He played brilliantly against the spinner in particular. He saw off that stunning spell from Archer uh, late afternoon. I think a seven-over spell of, of sustained, uh, short-pitched nastiness. Uh, he got through that, deserved 100 shut a few people up as well because he struggled for three test matches after making those, those runs in the first test. But overall, it was uh, a, a sweetly conventional day at the end of a, a absolute carnage of a topsy-turvy series. I guess there's a, there's a few days in this series that it's, it's been, it was always going to be quite hard to live up to. Yeah, um, and, and it was funny last night. There were people, a lot of people saying I was, I was at a do last night and a lot of people were saying, well... You know, Australia are going to run them close and England need an extra 30 or 40 in the morning because it's going to be a real tight one. And I've seen some tweets from some, some grandees of the game saying that this was going to go right down to the wire. I, I have to say, 
having been here yesterday as well and seen Australia in the field, they looked shot. They looked shattered. And I think having uh, not got the runs in the first innings that they'd have expected to, I felt that there was an inevitability about the way that this, this test match has played out after they conceded that first innings deficit. Uh, and, and for once, I've been broadly right on this one. And uh, we talked about this a, a couple of days ago, but 2-2, two, two, I get the feeling that feels like the, the right result. Well, it's, it's so b- bizarre, isn't it? Because Australia, they take the plaudits and, and they, they get the photographs at the end and they get the champagne moment with, the, with their crowd of fanatics <laughs> down at deep mid-wicket, which is all very lovely and fine. Uh, but a, a, a more confused and underwhelming uh, post-match presentation you will struggle to see. And no one quite knew how to react. Ben Stokes famously, after Ed- Headingley, had said, if we don't re- uh, regain the ashes, then what's happened here is meaningless. So those words have been percolating around the, the last four days at the Oval, really. Uh, yeah, it's 2-2. So England, England didn't win the World Cup final and won it and uh, <laughs> drew the ashes and lost it. So, I mean, th- there's cricket for you right there. Uh, it's, it's eternally baffling and, and long may it continue that way. Well, let's, let's, let's move on to the, and have a discussion about the summer in general. Did um, you want to add anything about today, though, Taha? Because perhaps you were watching it a little bit closer than I. Well, I mean, I, I do agree with you in a, in a sense that it was a, it was a strange day and, and things have ended a bit, you know, in underwhelming fashion. But, I mean, hats off to Matthew Wade. I thought there's been few times this summer where someone's come up against Joffre Archer, had the bouncer barrage and, and got through it. And, and he did it really well today. And it's, uh, it's, it's rare that, that we've seen that this summer. And I think, so, you know, he's got to get his plaudits. Um, but at, well, at one point, Stokes was fielding at backstop with three men out on the hook as well. So there was four men on the boundary. The only reason why he wasn't slightly to the leg side is that it would have been a no ball with three men behind square. It had reached that point. It was almost the silly season by that stage. There was no slit, one gully, four men out on the hook, and Archer bowling uh, terrifying bullets at, at Wade. Uh, it had reached that stage where it was all going slightly eccentric. Uh, but he got through it, as you, as you say, he got through it. And he, and, deserves, and he deserves the props at and the end should, of the series. And he should take, um, you know... Plenty of joy in the fact that Archer was forced to stare him down. Yeah. Usually, Archer does, he doesn't need to get to that stage because yeah. he's got the guy out. The guy's already walking back to the changing room. Th- th- this he doesn't is need true. to do that. I'd just like to add, just on today, Joe Root's had a tough few weeks um, in charge of this team. Uh, his, his batting is clearly in a state of flux. There's, don't think there's any question of that. He's got a few good nuts as well, in fairness, but uh, he'll, be, he'll be looking at that. But it was good to see t- today uh, that he came on his criminally underrated off breaks. Uh, did the job. He got rid of Wade. Wade ran past one um, after he'd made his 100 and he took two catches in two balls as well to finish it off. Brilliant delivery, incidentally, by Leach to get rid of Labuschagne uh, earlier in the piece. Uh, and Broad as well had his say. So it was, it was a nice end point for a handful of, of, of this, this team. Broad's had an outstanding series. Uh, Leach has threatened and done, done well and it was nice that he had the final say. Uh, and it was good for Root. Good for Root to affect four dismissals uh, and just to give him give, give him a bit of a bit of a fillip as he moves into the autumn. Yeah, and that was a pretty special catch to bring it all to an end. I it reckon. was, yeah, one hand diving at mid wicket, left hand. There's been some good catches in this test match. Some really, really good catches in. Don't this tell test me, match. yeah, we'll, we'll move on to that. We'll move on to that. So, so we'll are we going to do these awards then? Yeah, let's do a few awards. Let's do them. So, um, what, what so are we what are we calling this? The, the, the Wisdom Series to end all, or Summer to end all Summer awards? Uh, that's, yeah, that really rolls off the tongue. I think. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe. Maybe uh, we should have planned that one beforehand. <laughs> All right, let's start off with 
uh, a series that has great some great fast bowling. Let's let's start. Well, not just fast bowling. I mean, Nathan Lyon had his moments. Jack Leach had his moments. Joe Root had his moments. But let's go with best spell. The best spell. Okay. Well, obviously we have vaguely planned this. We're not just doing this completely off the cuff. <laughs> although it might not come across like that. Uh, for for me, the standout spell with an honorary mention, of course, to Archer. Uh, who, for me, the spell of the, the defining spell of the summer was Pat Cummings in the second innings at Old Trafford. Uh, England were, of course, up against it, but they had a day and a, and a, and a half hour to bat. Uh, they would have fancied getting through, and they, as, it, as it turned out, they did get very close. They got to within 14 overs of getting that one done. But Pat Cummings on the fourth evening and then on the fifth morning was utterly sensational. Uh, he took four for 43 in all from 24 overs. England, you'll remember, were naught for two in five balls and he'd got rid of Burns and perhaps the ball of the summer uh, that kind of late jagging jaffer to clip Joe Root's uh, off stump then he came back the following morning and got rid of Roy clean bold Roy admittedly a few people have been candidates for that this summer uh, and then nicked off Stokes as well Stokes would have been the key man of course in that that rear guard uh, nicked him off for one inside edge Stokes walks off um, no one was even sure if he was out, but he walks because that's the kind of character that he is. Uh, and Cummins, who is without doubt the standout bowler in world cricket at the minute, had his definitive moment in the series. You? I can't, I can't look past the Archer spell at Lords. Well, you were there for that, weren't you? Yeah, I was, and it was, it was unlike anything I've ever seen before. And um, it was unlike anything that anyone had seen from an England bowler. Yeah, I mean... Of course, there was the ball that that got Smith down, but there was there was so much more to it beforehand because it was it was building up. You could see it happening, and, and it was just you were shocked by the fact that it was Smith, Smith who had, had the answers to everything, and and then subsequently had the answers to everything when he came back. Yeah. But for just that one afternoon in this series, he looked. Smith had been hit three times in his Test career before that yeah. spell. He was hit twice in ten minutes against Joffre Archer yeah. on debut as well got to be remembered that uh, people were getting getting their hyperbole shots in as, as best as possible but there was some very sensible gnarled old pros saying we are witnessing already the, the, the emergence of the most important fast bowler of his generation yeah. uh, he's since taken two six fours, took five at Lords um, he got player of the match here at the Oval so he saw off his summer of summers with, with, a, with a gong to complete it all. Uh, yeah, we are, we are living in the midst of a, of a phenomenon here. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, Because there's is quite a few to go through. Uh, best shot. Best shot for me, Ben Stokes' pull shot off the front foot to a good length ball uh, bowled by, jo- by Josh Hazelwood uh, during that freakish finale at Leeds. I think he took 18 or 19 off in, in that particular over. I think he certainly hit three sixes in that over. Uh, but that was my favourite one because that was the purest. There was there was some freak shots, of course. There was the reverse sweep over, you know, over um, extra cover or cover point. There was the the lap for six, the you know, the ramp for six. There was a couple of pull shots. There was a couple of skewed shots down the ground by sheer force of will. Managed to clear long off. But the purest shot was that one for me. It was absolutely stunning. The balance, uh, the audacity, uh, and the cleanness of the strike. That's the shot that really stands out for me. That's the shot where, when I see it back on TV, I still am open-mouthed by its brilliance. I'll go to the same innings, and it's the shot where he gets under the full toss, 
right. and sort of and gets sweeps it. And, it. Yeah, and it's, it's, I think it was off Pat Cummins, and he gets it over deep square. Um, and I just thought uh, he had no right to get under it. Yeah. And also, once he got under it, he had no right to send it way over the boundary. He should have been caught on the boundary mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that. I just thought when he hit that, I was like, there's no way this clears the fence. But it was, it was one of those innings, one of those days where you just, it was Stokes. Yep. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, just another one, the top of my head. When Smith came back out to bat at Lords, he should never have been anywhere near that cricket pitch, yeah. as we well know. But he came out, back out, and second ball just clubbed it over over uh, over mid wicket. I think one bounce four. Um, it was the, it was the work of a, an, an adult mind, in truth. But it was also hilariously gripping to see <laughs> it happen. You know, it's almost sort of, sort of morally ambiguous to talk about it, but it's a shot that stays in the mind. Uh, as, as the work of someone who can do anything, even when he's seeing butterflies at best, uh, to pick out any more of Smith, you, you know, have some fun with it. The, the extra drive lying down when he fell flat on his face at Old Trafford, halfway to a double century, that's one of the shots of the series as well. For the, for the, the, the kind of the, the, like the kamikaze nonsense element of it, you know, the caper element of it. It's like a carry-on shot. <laughs> Uh, so that will always stay with me as well. There's been a few good ones. Anyway, we've got lots to get through. Now, I saw the best catch I've ever seen in my life at this ground earlier this summer. The Ben Stokes freak catch yep. in the World Cup against South Africa. Yeah. But There's been a few good grabs this Ashes too. Um, your favourite catch? Um, my favourite catch is the Rory Burns one-hander that he took at Gully to get rid of Peter Siddle in the first innings here at here at the Oval, and crucially, the swagger off, the, the walk off, <laughs> yeah. knowing he was going to bat that evening, you know, got to face his 20 minutes, uh, and he, he properly strolled off, he bowled off, and it was glorious. It was a great catch. It was Stokesian, as in the 2015 catch at Trent Bridge to get rid of Voges. It wasn't quite as good as that, but it had the elements of it. It was low, it went quickly, skewed off a thick edge, and it was almost behind him when he took it an inch or two from the floor. Um, Steve Smith also took a brilliant one in this in this test match as well you know it, diving at second slip full length um, there's been some real good ones and as you say earlier you know Roots catch to finish the the match and the series was another good one there's been some real good ones this summer yeah I mean, yours mine is mine's Joe Denley at Lords ah uh, yeah, the, good the one, Tim Payne yeah. the yeah. Tim Payne pull shot yeah um, and then the celebration like, where he throws yeah, it out the back of the hand like the most impressive you know, one of the most impressive throws after a catch yeah. that you've ever seen. I don't know where that ball's... Th- th- that ball's al- still in the air, apparently. Th- there's think, always yeah. that sense of sort of building some sort of narrative into things that don't really deserve it, and cricket yeah. writers and pundits are excellent at doing that. But there was a sense when Denley did that, that that was his first real significant moment in the series. Yeah. Uh, and you saw the way that they all clubbed round him, and yeah. perhaps... Uh, that just gave him that little bit of a kick going into the second half of the summer where, of course, he's played really well. Yeah, half century in the next three t- test matches. Yeah. You're, you're going to have to help me pronounce this again. Right. Uh, most enjoyable... Oh, the most enjoyable Schadenfreude yes. Freude award, yes. Uh, so taking pleasure in others' misfortunes. Yes, yes, um, yes. Uh, yours? I'm not that type of guy. I mean, you know. <laughs> so you just blank this. Yeah, I t- I'm totally blanking this. this All right, is, fair it's enough. A bit unfair, but I know you've got an answer, so go on. Uh, well, it's it's hard to look look past uh, Davy, isn't it? You know, ninety odd runs, ninety one runs, I think in the in the series. Ninety five. Ninety five yes. runs. Sorry, I've shaved off five. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's hard not to raise a smile at his continued disintegration as as an opening batsman, simply for the fact that. 
when he's punished England in the past, he's done it so brutishly and brilliantly uh, that his, his comeuppance gives me a, a kind of a m- ugly, murky satisfaction. And I know it's, it's demeaning of me, and I know it doesn't reflect well on me as a person, but I've, I've found it difficult to resist. Uh, I also liked his reaction to it, this test match as well. Um, I thought he was very possibly unlucky in the first innings. I mean given not out on the pitch, overturned on the merest of evidence, really. Flimsy evidence on the, on the Snicko. Uh, but when he nicked off to Broad today, to complete Broad's complete domination of him, seven times Broad's got him out in the series, he walks off with a, with a wry smile on his face. Uh, and, and I like that kind of approach. I think if you're an opening batsman at any level anywhere, you have to be philosophical. Uh, and and, and Davey, Davey's maybe learned a little bit uh, of of kind of philosophy over the last few few months, uh, he will be back. The, the thing is, he will be back. Uh, you know, He's he, too good he a will he will have the last laugh. Yeah. He he was before that day in Cape Town. He was the most complete opening batsman in world cricket, in test test opening batsman in world cricket. Uh, there's no reason why he can't be that again. Um, but ha- have I found a kind of guilty pleasure in his his tribulations? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. I have. <laughs> but you're, you're just too smooth. You don't even have one. Well, All right, moving on. Okay, <laughs> next, Taha. The, your, your biggest gripe. Well, what's yours? Mine is... Um, I'm gonna, I know you're going to say the same thing. Um, and it is, is the booing of Smith. And right. So actually, not just Smith. The booing of Smith, booing of Warner, uh, the booing of Cameron Bancroft. Um, and I think it, it is worth adding today that um, Smith began the series with plenty of booze he walks off today to a standing ovation yeah so, so let, let, that's this is mine as well and as you know I'm, i talked about this uh at edgbaston and got a bit of flack for it as well because i think the emotions were still pretty raw but yeah let's let's focus on how he finished the series he walked off desolate it seemed he, he didn't acknowledge the crowd his head was down i mean <laughs> he is as pure a batsman as you can find as pure a run maker as you can find but the crowd as one got up right from the moment he was out and it wasn't just for the good catch that Stokes took at leg slip good bit of captaincy incidentally it was it was for what Smith has done uh, and this is what happens in cricket we, we can be quite a judgmental group but we're also quite a forgiving group as well uh, and I think it's a mark of, of cricket's overall attitude that uh, if you get your head down and if you perform uh, and if you show a little bit of grace under pressure as Smith has and a lot of courage then I think people will ultimately come round. Uh, and it's been gratifying to see just as, uh, just as ugly it was uh, a few weeks ago. Especially when it was things just saying, mocking Smith's tears, you know, at the, at the press conference and things like that. It was a bit, it, it, got, it got out of hand in my opinion. And uh, in, in, in it my was opinion, silly. it was yeah. beyond silly. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Hopefully all of that stuff is, is done and dusted and we can move on. Yeah. Um, next award, I mean, Phil, you, know, you and I, we both like our, like our style. <laughs> You're wearing a really nice shirt today. I should, I should have added before. Thanks, mate. All right. Before. All right. Steady. Um, I know it's been a long summer. Um, <laughs> most, yeah. most, most style award. Most stylish. Well, I, I could talk, talk for days on, on subjects like this in cricket. Uh, mine is not stylish in and of itself. And if I were to see any other human being walking down the street with their <laughs> woolly jumper wrapped around their waist then I'd be tapping them on the shoulder. Uh, But when Joffre Archer does it while fielding on the 45 or at deep square leg, and he's just wrapped his his long sleever round his waist, 
like he's just kind of you know going on a punt down down Henley Way, uh, and then you kind of factor in the fact that it's Jofra, the hottest cricketer in the world. <laughs> um, that ta- that takes impudence and audacity to a different kind of level. So fashion as statement of character, uh, you're you're going to struggle to top that. Um. Yes. But go for it anyway. <laughs> um, I've, you know what? I've got to say, I'm a big... Incidentally, Trevor Bailey's told him off for this, didn't he? he t- uh, yeah, he told no, I mean, uh, did you quite see Quite right, too. <laughs> did you see him wearing it out of the Oval? I didn't, no, I actually, Yeah, exactly, no. yeah. It's been quite hot, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's true, too. But yeah, yeah Trev, Trev put him right on that one, uh, yeah. which is the least... Well, he's not coach could... anymore, so no, maybe well, next it'll, test. No, he'll be going back. Anyway, yours. Do you know what? I'm a big fan of Rory Burns' haircut. Are you? Yeah, I know. I, people really. Yeah, I, Being, I, it's been glorious bastards to me. Yeah, um, no, I I really rate the sort of short on the sides, and then he takes the helmet off, and it's like whoa. And it's a bit floppy. yeah. What's happening there? Yeah, and it's actually, like okay. I rate that, you know. It's, okay, uh, it's, he's always sharp. Yes, he is, yeah. and he knows it, doesn't he? And yeah, you can yeah, see the more runs yeah. he gets, the the sharper he feels. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's good to see. All right, I'll go with that. And any others? I don't know. There's not too many style icons uh, on that field beyond no. beyond Jofra and. No. Yeah. No, no, this is true. Okay. Um, let's go breakout star of the summer. Manus. Manus Labashe. I think it's hard to look past him, really, is it? Yeah, and for the the, the crazy way that it all happened. <laughs> you know, he turned up at Lord's on that Sunday morning uh, thinking, all right, you know, I'll, I'll get a few energy drinks going and have a nice slap-up lunch. Uh, uh, maybe a bit of, bit of gym action, maybe even a little snooze for half an hour. And then suddenly he's out there batting, trying to save a test match, getting clanged second ball, jumping up uh, off the canvas, seeing stars, knuckling down uh, and making a very, very important 50 to get his test career going. And then since then, he's been excellent. He's an excellent player and a, with a pleasing kind of approach to it. He's brilliant through mid-wicket. He's very strong through mid-wicket. Uh, He'll be kicking himself that he didn't make 100 because he had the opportunity to. Had the opportunity to in the first innings here. Made 48. Uh, but yeah, impressive. Impressive. And an interesting character as well. I mean, it, it, I personally haven't interviewed him, but John, John Liu did, who is a columnist with, with us and did a brilliant piece with him for The Independent a couple of months ago. He's an interesting cat and well worth following him, I think. They've got a good one at number three there. Yeah, and the, and the fact is that he is now Australia's number three. Uh, he came in for Smith and was obviously... Um, came in as Smith's concussion sub and yep. was in at number four but um, that's, a, that's a big position in Australian cricket absolutely um, and he looks you know there's not that many batting spots in that lineup actually sealed yeah. um, but he looks nailed on for the yep. for the home summer there yeah 350 odd runs at 50 impressive very impressive yeah um, biggest turn up well <clears throat> I sort of flippantly thought Smith not making 100 here but that's silly uh the biggest turn-up, I think, overall for me, and this is just a personal view, has been just how brilliant Stuart Broad has been. And it demonstrates how the folly of ever questioning Stuart Broad as a Test match cricketer. Uh, I've done it once or twice before. Lots of far more established pundits than me have done exactly that. And he always has the last laugh. And he's, been, he's bowled better in this summer than he has bowled for probably three or four years, I would say. The only thing he doesn't have is the away swinger to the right-hander um, consistently. That is still something that he's looking for. But against the lefties, he's been sensational. He's been marvellous. Uh, and he still has that kind of rage and that competitive instinct. Uh, Anderson's absence has required him to step up, and he's done it brilliantly. 
Um, so in a way, for me, that's been the turn up that Broad has been so consistently good. And at his age, played five test matches in six and a half weeks and, and was brilliant again today with England. You know, got it going, um, knocked the first two off uh, and, and pretty much opened the door for England to go and win this game. Uh, he's been tireless, relentless and brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it's not, I don't think it's silly to say that if, say, Anderson had been fit, you know, throughout the summer, and then Archer comes in, you're, you're thinking, where might Broad fit in? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially because he was left out in the winter quite on a, on a few occasions. Um, but it kind of seems like he's entering like a new sort of stage in his career where he can kind of just, you know, like it would have been difficult to see a few more years a couple of months ago, but now it, it feels quite realistic, really. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully you're right. Um, we shall have to see how that one plays out, but uh, he's, he's certainly laid down a marker for the next 6 to 12 months for, for his Test match career. Uh, what about you? Uh, mine was the fact that Archer never actually got Smith out. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know? Yeah, he, and no doubt this will be mentioned in two and a bit years when they meet up again down in Australia. And yeah. Smith, who said it, I think, going into Old Trafford, yeah. uh, this will be said again and again and again. Uh, brilliant point. Brilliant yeah. point. Still not actually got him out. Knocked <laughs> yeah. him out. Not got him out. Um, worst hot take? Uh, that Joss Butler isn't a test cricketer. I spoke about this last night with Yaz. Uh, it gets on my nerves. That's all I'm going to say. He is a class act in all formats and has proved it again. Technically excellent in this test match. Two important innings. That 47 was not was an important second, second innings. Uh, contribution in the 70 in the first test uh, first innings was also excellent um, his average won't reflect it uh, but he's come through a tricky little start um, and he looks the part to me I would bat him at 6 and I would bat him for the next 12-15 test matches at number 6 uh, and watch him roll yeah I mean that's, that's pretty fair uh, I've got to add well it's not really a hot take but I will say the selection of Craig Overton um just the pure in a, in a way randomness of it in that I had completely forgotten the existence of Craig Overton um, <laughs> and then suddenly he was in an Ashes squad and then suddenly he was in an Ashes lineup. Yeah um, th- that was an experiment that didn't work and brought into sharper focus with Sam Curran's uh, predictable excellence in, in, at the Oval you know, there was very little difference in terms of the pitch between Old Trafford and the Oval. Uh, Sam Curran understands the game. He was, that's how Michael Vaughan described him yesterday. Really good point. Uh, he understands the game. And I don't think people always necessarily recognise that when they're watching on because they see him, he's 5'10", and he bowls 80 mile an hour sometimes and, you know, waddles in a little bit and looks like a, a kid in a man's world sometimes and all of that. But he understands the game and the tempo of the game really intuitively well. Son of a former top-class, first-class cricketer. Uh, his brother, as we know, is an England cricketer. He's steeped in the game. Uh, uh, and he's made a statement, I think, at the Oval here. I think he'll be a lot more involved over the, le- the next 12 months. And I think he should be, absolutely. Cool. Um, and our final award, your yes. favourite moment of this, of this Ashes? Favourite moment? Well, obviously, the, the, the moment is, is Stokes clattering it through the covers. It would be childish... Um, so, off off piste, but relatedly, it's Jack Leach taking the taking his teammates back out onto the pitch at eight in the evening, a couple of drinks deep, and recreating um, uh, that infamous run, that classic run in that little drop into the onside, and then scuttling up to the to the non-striker's end. 
uh, it kind of encapsulates the essential absurdity of cricket that that little moment but also how well this lot this lot do get on with it with one another uh, the fact that Jack Leach can come in and be a be a kind of a, a key part of this this lineup now um, alongside Stokes you know yin and yang characters really uh, and it that to me has it's the perfect kind of vignette of that extraordinary partnership you know that's the kind of the nice little comic end point to sum it all up I, I can't look past Headingley either to be honest um, I watched uh, that I watched the entirety of that last day with my best friend who uh, knows nothing about cricket mm-hmm. um, has relentlessly made fun out of me uh, while growing up because I take enjoyment in this game um, and it was the first time he'd watched a game of cricket because I was forcing him to watch it because I had to watch it yep. um, and he was obsessed uh, and he was explaining to another friend later that evening the the DRS system um, and now he's been you know knows nothing about cricket and he's been messaging me about the series because because once, once you watch that you've got to see what happens afterwards surely um, there's been a few converts on my side of the story as well uh, I got some text messages again today from people who wouldn't have gone anywhere near it in the past. Um, so if there is a lasting effect of this carnage of a summer, uh, it is that people have begun to come round to Cricket's eternal, nonsensical genius. And hopefully they'll hang around for a little bit longer. Well, I think that's a, that's a, that's a <laughs> nice way to wrap things up. It's quite wholesome. I'm going home. I've had a long summer and I'm knackered. <laughs> Cheers, Taha. Well, uh, of course, we don't just talk about cricket here. Of course, we don't just talk <laughs> yeah. about cricket. We I know this one off by rote now. Go on. We, we write about cricket too, every day on wisdom.com and every month in the shape of Wisdom Cricket Monthly magazine. If you fancy giving the mag a go, you can get your first three copies, print or digital, for just £3. In fact, we'll only charge you £2.99 if you go paperless. To subscribe to the print version and get your first three copies for just £3, go to wisdomsubs.com and use the offer code W. All in caps, WCM3FOR319. To subscribe to the digital version and get your first three copies for just £2.99, go to pktmags.com slash WCMpod. Uh, thanks, everyone. Make sure to scru- subscribe to the to the weekly podcast on Spotify, ACAS, the podcast app. We're signing off from the Oval. Podcast Network.